Ladles and Jelly Spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Episode number 43, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, Facebook Live. Truth, Love, and Peace. Welcome to it. This is Governor. What? Thanks for being here, Governor. Welcome to the car. And you can't see her in the picture, but uh, that's Brenda back there in the back seat. And so while we're sharing all of this on Facebook, etc. Oh, dropping phones. Oh, do the uh, the preliminary introductions. I'm gonna put this right here next to you. right, right here in your way, Governor. Don't mind me. Just putting putting shit all. We getting comments and stuff from that. Well, you know, if if I knew people on Facebook, we would. But uh, is this showing up on Facebook? I didn't see it. Um, it uh, it should be right down there. So everything's recording. Everything's up and running. Welcome to it. Truth, love, and peace. Episode number forty-three. Uh, yeah. Moving on up in the world. We're at the Blind Mule because it's Wednesday right. in our world, unless you're listening to reruns. And uh, there's a comedy open mic here, and apparently I'm not the only one wearing a kilt here today. There's yeah. some kind of scotch tasting thing going on. scotch tasting thing Which is ridiculous. It is pretty good. Not that I would indulge in such a thing. Especially, Why not? Especially not with the open container laws or anything. <laughs> I wouldn't violate those, really. No. No. That's not a good idea. So, so yeah, here we are. All things considered. Uh, now that you mentioned the open container law, I can't decide if we should turn the air conditioner off. I don't want to turn the air conditioner off. Nah. I, th- I think we'll be okay. Nobody's going anywhere. Nah, not in this traffic. Nice and relaxing. <laughs> so let's open the podcast with a pregnant pause like that. That's yeah, it's good. It's good. That this is this is the most awkward podcast around. I don't know if you if you've ever listened to an episode, but it's very long format conversations. The goal is to see how boring we can be. Uh, so how do you like your tea, Governor? It does. <laughs> tea, tea sugars. Uh, at first, I want to ask how was. Hanger, what was it? Hanger? Oh, Buster's, Buster's Hanger. Hanger. Yeah, that was a killer show. That Pensacola? Uh, Panama City? Panama City. Panama City Beach. Tell us the story. Uh, Buster's Hanger 67 is right on the beach there. It's, it's, uh, it's this old guy, ex, uh, ex-Air Force. He's got a hangar there and a beach house that he let us stay in for a couple of days. It's awesome. Nice. You went and did comedy and got paid for it and got to stay in the beach yeah. house. Yeah, and he covered the tab. We got wasted. Some of us more than others. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's telling on you. Brenda got wasted. But it was great. It was great fun. Uh, yeah, we had a good crowd, and you know, it was awesome. They killed it. Everybody killed it. The local guys. We had some Hattiesburg people down there. Maori head and uh, Jamie Huffmeister. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a, a local guy, Davy Dave. It was great. I, I don't know any of those folks yet. I need, yeah, to, did need to venture out, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go up to Hattiesburg. they got a good scene up there. they got some good, good comedians. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Jay I know... Evan Curry was there. He was. He's really good. He was the feature. Yeah. How many comics was that? Five? Uh, let's see. It was Davey Dave. Oh, there's a local guy. Uh, sweet, sweet Jamie, something or other. Little, sweet James, or something. What you call yourself? Sweet baby James. Sweet baby James. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't know. And uh, Davy Dave, Mary had uh, Jay Evan, and then me. Yeah, five. Oh, and the and the host makes six, but we had five comedians and a host. It was a good show. It was like an hour and a half, and uh, you know we kept them entertained the whole sh- the whole time. 
It was good. That sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, it was a killer, killer show. I mean, we'll probably try and get that like once a month and we'll try and bring some mobile people down there once it gets going. I think I was like the second or the third show. But, really? Yeah, but hopefully, we, you know, what, what we do is when we go to a show like that, uh, especially Jamie uh, Hoffmeister, he's into the bocking side of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to help him out because I've got a lot of contacts and stuff. So once we've got the show like that going, if we can get it done every month, then we can bring people that we know that have got good. That's awesome. You know. That's good for everybody. Yeah, and we could, like, load up the van or this, and, uh, you know, just pile down there. It'd be good. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So, so, how long have you been doing comedy? Oh, I don't know, like seven years, I guess now. On and off, though, I've been half-assing it most of the time. <laughs> Only seven years, though. I thought so. Uh, nine years. Nine years. I don't, nine years. I don't know. Because you've done some some big shows. I mean, yeah, I Huntsville for, Hour and yeah, I've done, yeah, and I've recorded an album, which is probably good. And, was with Doug, Doug That's awesome. It's twice, Doug that's awesome. Stano's one of my favorite comedians. He, the guy's awesome. The thing about Stano is that he, he's mastered finding an audience. He's found his voice. Everybody has, you, I mean, you have to find your voice, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find an audience. And Stano can just show up in any shitty town, which he specializes in shitty towns. <laughs> he's been to Mobile twice, guys. Uh, he, he specializes in shitty towns. He doesn't play like the theaters or the big shows. He just shows up in uh, crappy bars and shitty towns and just packs it out just because everybody knows him. You know, He puts it on his website yeah. that he's going to be here and the audience comes to him, which That's is great. Which is a fantastic way to make a living, really. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. He's a no doubt. He's a great guy. Yeah. I was trying to get this to uh, to share on Facebook myself so that uh, Doug could could watch it, but uh, it's it's not going. No, sometimes technology does not abide. Does not abide. So how'd you meet Stanhope? Well, Ryan booked it. You know Ryan Jaden. Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he, he kept mobile comedy going for years now. Anyway, he's doing the regular show at the Alchemy, and he he put it together. Um, he did the show here, and Bubs Harris booked him for the Pensacola show, and you know we managed to get a nice little loop for him because uh, he was already booked in New Orleans, but he we managed to get a few dates added onto his fill in his gap and you know stuff like that. The uh, traveling comedians like that when you can fill in the gaps for them. That's the way to get people that wouldn't normally come to a show to come to a show because you know they're filling in blanks in the schedule. But Ryan's, Ryan's the guy that did it. I mean, he's, he's uh, he really is mobile comedy as far as I'm concerned. Ryan German, he's kept his thing going for years. He made it out to the uh, the Tinderbox last night, and yeah. uh, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> I usually I make the run over to Pensacola afterwards, oh, yeah. and uh, it's like, ah, no, I think I'm gonna hang out because Ryan hadn't. He's been busy with the film scramble. Oh yeah, he was showing me the new film that he's put together. Nice. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Uh, so you hosted the the Pensac- you hosted the Tinderbox. I did, and you did uh, you did my uh, Merry Widow show too. How did I that did. go? Thank you for inviting me. It sure. it went well. We had uh, we had a bunch of people there. Mother's Day was uh, there weren't as many people there on Mother's Day as there was right. the week before. But now that we know everybody, yeah. Jordan and Renee, and mm-hmm. it's just that much easier. Yeah. Haven't gotten to know everybody. Sure. Got a flyer made for that, so hopefully we can put some of those up. Yeah. 
for uh, for the future upcoming mics. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you want to host that, anytime you want to host that, I'll be down for it. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. I I love doing it. I uh, I love getting the work in. I've got this little delusion that I'm going to be able to uh, to put together some time and and put together a little thing, a little thirty minute thing for uh-huh. YouTube uh-huh. here in the near future, and uh, I'm working on it. And I enjoy getting as much practice as possible. Yeah, you need it. I do. (laughs) (laughs) You got any more? I'll take it. (laughs) Everybody needs practice. It's fun though. He's also been in two uh, little short films. Oh, that's right. You showed me the video when we were yeah, the uh, music video. Yeah. And and then the first one. uh, Yeah, a couple of short films are on YouTube. Nice. Hell yeah! What um. What was the music video one? Uh, I forgot. Paul Paul's Medicine Cabinet. Ah, they're, they're yes. a local band, very good. Yes. And the the. Uh, then he was in the Napa thing. The the Lang app, yeah, that was the uh, Chris Skoda put and me in that there. I was in that with Ryan. Uh, the Lang app. I've done that a couple that of times. Film thing. Yeah. That was fun. You did. Yeah, it's good. So you've been all I've done a few things. It's good. Been working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also want to ask you about Huntsville. How how is that? I've heard Huntsville has great. a great club. They do like this hour special or something. What, yeah, they what's that all about? Well, I haven't been to the club. The club, the stand up live club, is pretty new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had a great scene already. Uh, you know, a lot of great comedians. Mm-hmm. Last time I was up there, they were all living in like this condo place, like a comedy condo, which is pretty cool. <laughs> they were all squatting together. I think that's broken up since then. But while we were there, it was great because I was touring. <laughs> And I could just stay there for like a week and do Huntsville and Nashville and stuff like that. It was great, and then come back to them. And it was good, but they ha- they do have a great a great scene up in Huntsville. It's really awesome, and Knoxville too. JC Rattlers has got a good thing going up there. There are a lot of, a lot of nice little places around that you can travel to, which is probably the best thing about doing comedy is you can travel to these little things, and if you know people, you can stay with them and. Check out their scene and their mics, and you know, move from town to town. I like it. Hopefully, I am going to get to do that soon. So uh, yeah. I'm taking notes over here. Yeah, Nashville, Huntsville—these are all good places to go. That's great. That's great. So you mentioned you did Huntsville as part of a tour. Yeah, I went up. Me and uh, Todd Gossa. Um, he's in Virginia, so we started up in Virginia. Did some rooms there, which is pretty successful and that pretty much financed uh, the rest of the tour pretty much in, nice. in uh, Virginia we did a couple of rooms and then we went back down through Tennessee and Mississippi and ended up in Florida it was cool it's a good little ride a couple of weeks nice but that one time you went to Huntsville they did that um, they filmed you filmed all y'all oh yeah that was good uh, there's a there's a the mill they call it it's like a it used to be a mill, but now it's like an art center. There's a lot of uh, studios, art studios, and there's a little theater in there that does comedy pretty regularly. And uh, the Epic Comedy Hour is probably one of the best shows in the South. They regularly get like 100, 150 people show up for that every month. And, you know, it's a booked show, and it, it, it really is killer because the crowd's into it, you know, and, uh, and they film it. It's like a DVD quality film, and they give you the copy of it. It's good. Nice. Where can we go to find that if we want a copy of it? Of my thing? It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube? 
Yeah, you know, I'd have to put the link up. I'm using it to submit to uh, festivals and stuff, which is useful. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I need to catch up. I um, definitely need to catch up. That's great. So yeah. you're submitting to some festivals. Yeah. What's on, on the horizon for you? Well, they've all turned me down, obviously, but... Wow! <laughs> that's, that's so far. That's not... You're that's not so done. You're not so done. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you put it... Because it costs you money each time you submit, but you, you should put in a few a year, you know, just to keep your hand in. And eventually, uh, eventually one, will, one will take you. And then that, that'll, then you could use that as, like, the, the central part of a, of a tour. Well, that that'll be that'll be my plan if somebody does put me into a festival like a few months out then I'd book some shows around around that mm. so then it'll you pay also for did a... the Laughing Skull yeah the Laughing Skull in Atlanta is a good group I don't know anything about Atlanta and the Atlanta comedy scene it's, it's tough it's, it's a really big scene you know it's, it's uh, hard to get into from the outside but the level of comedians is fantastic you know, really fantastic I just need to go up there and take some notes then. Yeah, there's a Monday show at the Star Bar. That is just... I mean, it, I mean, the bar opens at 8 o'clock and there's a crowd outside waiting to get in to see the comedy. Yeah! You know what I'm saying? That it's just it's filled up and there's like a dozen comedians on and every one of them is top-notch. It's just fantastic. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I would go... It's worth... I would go to, to Atlanta just to see the show, never mind being there. But, you know, it's just and that's just on a Monday night. It's on a Monday night free show. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's ah, amazing. It, yeah. I mean, for, for a place like Mobile, where we get, it's tough to get anybody to show up, you know, to see a place that's packed up with people waiting to get in as soon as it opens. It's just a, it's like a whole different world, really. I think we're going to make it come around. I think uh, everything goes in cycles. Yeah. We seem to be in a, in a lull right, right now, but... But uh, yeah, but maybe maybe I'll pick up. I do my best not to take that personally. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't blame yourself. I mean, like I, mean, oh, I got to be funnier. Yeah, well you do, but uh, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't blame yourself. You know, everybody else is blaming you, but you shouldn't blame yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering about this guy with uh, walking across the street from us. That guy? Yeah. Did he check this out? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. But he's got some kind of lanyard under his shirt. Oh, yeah. It's making me nervous. Anyway, I'm sure he's wondering what we're doing. We should call him over here and put him on, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good for viewership. Arrested live. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> we're filming a podcast. We're not doing anything. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, man. I got a show coming up uh, on June the 8th in Ocean Springs. Hopefully that'll be a regular thing at the uh, Crooked uh, Letter Brewery in Ocean Springs on Porter Porter Avenue. That's like a it's like a dollar cover. I mean, we we're going to give it like a free show, but I think if you charge people something, then they treat it better. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it's a free show, they'll just go in and talk and you know drink and you know talk to their friends but if you try and make them just pay even if it's just to pay a dollar then they'll they'll pay more attention that's that's the theory so we're going to do a dollar cover show and hopefully that'll be another monthly thing that we can keep going in ocean springs that sounds very fun that's june the 8th that's going to be the first one june 8th what day what day the that's a friday a friday eight o'clock friday eight o'clock ocean springs 
Ocean Springs. Ocean Springs. <laughs> June 8th. <laughs> yes. So you're, you're, you're doing pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you're doing the mics here and Pensaco. Yeah. Doing, uh, well, I go to the open mics in Pensacola. Uh, I try and make three or four a week. Yeah. And, um, and as many as I can, get as much practice as I can in. And I teamed up with Emily Dillon. Oh, yeah, she's good. Yeah, over in, in Orange Beach mm -hmm. to do Stinger's Comedy, uh, which is our little project. We've got a, a regular date at a place called the Flying Harpoon 2. We're going to be there on this Saturday, May 19th, if anybody's in the area. Just come check it out. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we've had a great time doing it and um, doing more and more of them hopefully to come trying to, to get more people interested in live comedy and yeah, coming out to shows if you can get people to come to the show and come to a show to see somebody they've never heard of that's that's the trick if you yeah. if you if they know that you guys put on a good show and that's and it's consistently good every month and they'll go because they know it's going to be good comedy that they haven't necessarily heard of the comedians that are playing yeah and we're I'm trying to be very responsible and and proceed with caution, you know, right. and, and not overstep anything. And that's why, I've, you know, I picked your brain a little bit. I've, sure. I've tried to pick everybody's brains on, on what the community needs. It needs a good show, and yeah. you got to put on good comedians. You can't just put anybody up there because if they know it's hit and miss, and they're they're only half as likely to come the audience. Yeah, but if they know everybody's good, then they'll go. Even if they, you know, they won't sit around and wait for somebody they've heard of, because by the time they've heard of that comedian, that they're going to be like charging eighty dollars a ticket of the singer, right? Right. Well, you can see people who are, you know, very, very good for free, you know, or, or very little at your local bar, you know. Yeah, and that's that's what I like doing is uh, is the 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 bottom end you know yeah. it, it'd be cool to be able to eventually bring Stanhope and everything in, right. but I, that's not that's not what I'm able to, to right. contribute right now yeah. you know I, I'm gonna leave that to y'all <laughs> yeah. but out where we're at on the beach being able to set up a couple of shows here sure. and there that helps that helps bring consistent right. consistently good comedy that brings a lot more legitimacy to sure. what everybody does I hope in that when we share each other stuff and, and yeah. when we're plugging each other then more and more people realize that that uh, they can come out because Seinfeld had a great turnout from what I heard yeah. I know uh, Hofstetter had a great turnout right. at the Mary Widow yeah. Stanhope had a great turnout yeah. so there are people that, that want to come out right um, a lot of times though, like I say they wait for somebody they've heard of like Seinfeld obviously they know Seinfeld so sure. they'll, they'll come and they'll pay $80 a ticket, which is ridiculous. Whereas they could see somebody, I mean, we're not as good as Seinfeld, but we make them laugh for like $5 a ticket. <laughs> I mean, right. right? That's right. We're not as good as Seinfeld, but we still make you laugh though, right? How yeah. would that guy say oh, yeah. the show? He came up to him. He did. He said, oh, I was the best comedian the day. <laughs> That's great. He said he was having a bad day. Yeah. He said that was... He made his day. Yeah, he did. That's yeah. the whole point. Right and he, there. he bought my CD and everything. He loved me. That's the best. That's the best. Yeah, he said, oh, you're the best comedian I've ever seen. So I said, well, you ought to get, get out more often. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's but a still, huge it's, compliment. It's a huge compliment. Yeah. That's great. That's very, very cool. 
I, uh, I, I get giddy every time somebody, uh, somebody gives me a compliment. You know, if somebody likes a joke or anything yeah, like that. It so is good. I can't imagine on that level. Uh, you know, one day, <laughs> one day. So, I'm picking brain about the CD. How, how long is your album? It's forty minutes. Yeah, forty minutes. That's spot on. Yeah, we, we recorded it up here at the Blind Mill. It's just one take. It's no editing, really. Yeah, we recorded it to BFG. Uh, he recorded it and, uh, you know, did some sound, whatever, work on it. And Ryan uh, put the pictures together into, a, like, a covers. And, uh, you know, I sent it off and got it put on a CD. And it was good. Hell yeah. I sell it on shows and stuff now. It's good. Yeah, well, it's nice that somebody likes you, then they can give you more money. You know? Yeah, having having something to sell people right. is uh, is a big yeah. Deal. Even if it's just a T-shirt or a CD or you know, buttons, stickers, whatever it is. I'm looking into getting getting T-shirts. Uh, you should some sell some kilts or something. Uh, there are other people that got that under control. <laughs> That's kind of expensive. That's not the kind of walking around money most people have for buying something at a comedy show. It'd be funny, though, to have a couple with some print-ups on them. It'd be a good idea. Yeah. So, what are you into besides comedy? What uh, And or how did you end up in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, or Mississippi? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I got married to an American woman. That's how I ended up in the states, and we ended up down here. You know, I like this part of the world. You know, it's good. The South is the best part of America, right? <laughs> right? Is it? The South is better than the North. Yeah. No. <laughs> right? What do you think? You don't? You don't agree? Uh, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> uh, I'll contribute that much. I'll contribute that much. There's something about the accent that is very, uh, you know, English. Yeah. All American accents originate in, right. in England, but right. uh, there's a reason the Southern accent blends a lot easier in in England, from what I understand. Yeah. A lot, uh, a lot of similar like-minded yeah. opinions. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Between the two, <laughs> uh, we can go hard into history, though. I don't know if you're ever on Facebook, but um, I, I hosted a pretty vigorous debate with people that uh, that are still wanting to argue about all kinds of hot button issues around yeah. uh, around the Civil War and whether or not the South and the North, you know, who has opinions on on that whole thing. It's very interesting. There, there are a lot of people with a lot of different opinions in the world, yeah. Governor. Yeah. I, I get reminded of this on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them have read different books than I have. <laughs> Some of them haven't read any books. They just make this shit up. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, some of those debates can be educational, but... Uh, I try to, to steer away from them. I'm very, very much a, an idealist. Uh, you like days. ideas, yeah. Um, a modern contemplative. Renaissance man. Yeah, I'd love to be. If I could find a way to get paid for it, we'd be all good. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be a philosopher these days. Yeah, I mean, most of those philosophers had, like, rich patrons, like Leonardo da Vinci and, you know, people that just paid him to be a 
you know, it could be that man, you know. Yeah. I just haven't found my rube. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> you need a sugar daddy. <laughs> That's what you need. Maybe you should wear a shorter skirt. Maybe. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That, that might. Who knows? Could scare them all off. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Tough to make a living as a comedian these days. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to the merchandise. I think a lot of it is the people who do it successfully seem right. to do like Stanhope does. Uh, they tour and they... Stanhope spent a lot of time just building an audience. Yeah. And then now that audience loves him and goes wherever he goes. Yeah. Takes a lot of grind. It does, yeah. He's really one of the few that have pulled it off. And there are other comedians I've seen who, who really just go all out on the merchant. You know, not to mention any names, but they're just like... Well, they're basically just T-shirt sales. Oh, hotel, you know, and their set is all geared around, you know, selling the merch, you know. That's rough. It is rough, yeah. But, you know, they, they make a lot of money. And, you know, if they have a successful show, they sell their, their merch and move on. But they're not, I don't know, they're not purists. I mean, not to sound too snobby, but there's there are different levels of comedy in my point of view. And, and just doing it to to make a living although that's good I mean I'd love to make a living in it too but you gotta do more than just make somebody laugh enough to buy a t-shirt so uh, what are the deeper deeper levels of comedy for you like, I mean I mean even just making people laugh I mean it's, it's, it's hard on one level but on another level people will laugh at you know farts so I mean <laughs> right people laugh at themselves and, and other people <coughs> If people they, they laugh at somebody tripping over the sidewalk, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's got to be you got to make people think, you know, as well as make them laugh. But then you can't just make turn it into a lecture. You can't turn it into a TED talk. You see, it's still got to be funny, right? So you got to do some some philosophy. Is, has this been recording or not? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course it has. But I, uh, there's a whole thing about having to press the button. But you were saying it's uh, including some philosophy, right? And, but we uh, go throw some dick jokes in there too, so just to keep them, just to keep them interested, right? I mean, if you could do a take on something and then make them look at it from a different point of view, right? Then that's a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. That's a complexity. I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. Right. So, I guess, how how has your how has that view of comedy for you evolved, or do you remember a clear beginning to it? Uh, I guess. I mean, I've always tried to get there. And it's a, you know it's a constant struggle. I mean, it's always you're always going to be going uphill. You're never going to reach the summit, but you just have to keep doing it. And, and it's getting harder because everything's like identity based now. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you saw that um, that correspondence dinner. You know the last one with the yeah. And uh, and everybody, you know, and if you're a conservative, then you hated that girl, and if you're a liberal, then you loved it. But you should be able to look at it objectively, right? Yeah. And, and and if you're a journalist reporting on that, 
and, it, and you see people on Fox saying, oh, this woman bombed and it was so too liberal. And that's clearly false because there were people in the room dying laughing and that was a tough room, right? Yeah. Because those are professionals. They didn't want to laugh, even though uh, most of them were liberal-leaning. you still got to stay stuff to make them funny and they're not going to laugh just out of charity. So she was doing very well at the job. And some of the, some of the jokes, you know, didn't go over quite as well. But, but she did kill it. I mean, and, and to say that she didn't just because you're a conservative on a conservative channel is basically very disingenuous. And, and that kind of thing where, where people look at a joke and they say, well, as a conservative, I didn't find that funny. You should be able to look at it beyond your identity and say, objectively, is that funny or not? Mm-hmm. from your own point of view you should be able to laugh at stuff you should be able to laugh at stuff that you don't agree with as mm-hmm. well as stuff that you do agree with and, and uh, I think this country is getting more entrenched in their identity and uh, you know and if you make a joke about something that is in your life like uh, Joan Rivers uh, famously made a joke about somebody that was deaf and some woman in the audience said oh my son's deaf and she stormed out but that, I mean, your personal situation doesn't affect the joke. I mean, you should still be able to, you know, I mean, it's your problem, right? Yeah. That <laughs> you didn't find it funny. Everybody else in the audience did find it funny. So therefore, the joke is funny. For you to say that's not funny because of your personal situation, it's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. The joke's not about you or your situation. Ego. Yeah, it's very ego, very identity-based. And we've got to get beyond that, and I don't think we ever will, but it seems to be getting worse. Doesn't it always get worse before it gets better, though? <laughs> I hope that's what the robots are going to teach us. Yeah, the robots are going to take over eventually. That'd be good. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our mechanical overlords. Yeah, because the, apparently they're not good at writing jokes, so we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be in demand. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't be able to get the jokes either, but whatever. Well, we'll hope there's a well-funded audience somewhere. You know, Patreon.com, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they will be able to get jokes. Maybe they'll get the formula down, the knock-knock joke formula. They'll get it perfected. And hopefully there'll be a robot on a Netflix special that we can all find funny as fuck <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that would look like and the first image is Jude Law from that AI oh, yeah. movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good uh, he's a gigolo bot yeah mm. yeah those will come out I mean it's, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sex right sex is gonna be the driving force for most technology it's always the beginning right it's always the beginning so when you have sex when you have robots you can have sex robots first but don't we already have sex robots? Yes. Yeah. I mean, how? Go check out your local adult gift store. <laughs> there are plenty of there are plenty of yeah. sex robots. Yeah. Don't stick your dick in a rumba though. That's uh, that won't work out. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Don't do that. Not all don't robots. Not all robots are sex robots. <laughs> hashtag not all robots. Not hashtag not all robots. <laughs> Oh, too funny. I do kind of enjoy sitting in the car and watching people wander around. On yeah, it's cool. This is people watching. People watching is fun, you know? It is. Uh, so you, you can keep an eye on people. I wonder about people who tuck their shirt into their jeans. Well, like that guy here. That's, that guy's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
glad. Thank you for saying it for me. <laughs> I uh, didn't. I wasn't committed. I wasn't committed. Got to lean into it. Got to learn that lesson, Governor. <laughs> learn that lesson. Oh man. So, uh, before I let us run off, it's about seven o'clock. We've been at this for about a, a half hour. Hey, Emily chimed in. She says she loves you, Governor. Ah, uh, well, what's not to love? Let's see. <laughs> 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 it's very true. It's very true. Um, is there is there anything that uh, that you've been thinking a lot about that I may not know to ask you about? Like, uh, do you hope the president gets impeached like I do? No, nah, I don't think so. I think the president is good for America. You know, because yeah, he clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he obviously didn't want the job to start off with. He was doing it as a laugh. Yeah. Whereas the other person who's you know, genetically engineered to be president. Hillary, Hillary's been doing a whole lot, whole life. And I think it's good for America that the guy who didn't want the job got the job. Right? I, from that perspective, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. I mean, we were given two bad choices. I mean, you could choose the incompetent or the corrupt, and we went with the incompetent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think which is a better choice. And in some ways, that's the only way it ever changes, right. is incredulously. No right. no one wants to, to change, and right. so it does take some catastrophe. Sure. And, uh, and in this case, the catastrophe is the moral character of the president. Right, he doesn't have any moral character, right, which is good. But he keeps coming back for more, so you gotta give him tenacious. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah, I think it's good for American democracy in the long run. I think you're right because it once it ha- once it hit the public four and yeah. and it's there and now everyone has to deal with it. Like you're either right. You can either separate the the morals and the ethics out from it, or or you can't. And it has forced a lot of people to have some honest conversations. Right. So that's a that's a big plus. I mean most presidents have been immoral. I mean, Bill Clinton was obviously getting blowjobs, you know. Sure, sure. This guy was banging porn stars, but that's what rich guys do, right? Yeah, and yeah, in a lot of ways. It's the degree to which he's ashamed about it that always just perplexes me. Yeah, he should just just unabashedly... He should just own up to it. He said, yeah, I banged the porn star. What are you going to do with it? And move on. Yeah. Because, it, <laughs> because otherwise he's he's made it so horrible for himself. Right, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he has made a big cock up of. Because the legal harangue that's going to come along with why didn't you just say that to begin with? Yeah, that's what he should have done. He should say, yeah, say what? It's going to be. He's put himself in the same position that Clinton put himself in, basically, right. which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, but it's pretty amusing. But you shouldn't expect politicians. I don't know why we got this idea that politicians are some kind of saints that we have to look up to. Yeah, never. I mean, they're all scumbags. Why, why, why is it a big shock that we find out that one of them's corrupt or one of them's a pervert? Or, I mean, they're all they are. I mean, find on. me one that's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, wh- why did you think they were going to be saints? Are they human? Yeah, it's stupid. Skeletons in the closet. Welcome to it. Yeah. You shouldn't be getting your moral compass from other people. You've got to find it in yourself. And just be true to yourself and stop expecting other people to live up to your ideals. Was that an Eat Mushrooms campaign? <laughs> right there? I guess. So, uh, just, just, uh... <laughs> so, so, I 
I like mushrooms and, and meditation and yeah. uh, dig into Buddhism and stuff like that. Yeah. When when you talk about finding your moral compass right. on your own, what is what does that mean for you, or how has that meant for you? Well, you know, you, you, I think Buddhism is is fine. I mean, I've always I've always thought that that's like one. I mean, there's pretty much just been Buddhism, right? I mean, Christianity is pretty much like a retelling of the Buddha. You There's know. a whole lot of similarities, yeah. for sure. A lot of the, the, the religions have just kind of updated it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if there was going to be like one religion, it's probably going to be Buddhism. As long as you don't take it to extremes. And... Yeah, I like the parts of it that are less religion. I really appreciate right. the parts of it that are just psychological practice, sure. that are good. Solid for me. And I think that's how it started. And the whole thing about the fat guy that you see on the statue that, that, that's not that's not the guy right that's not the Buddha no he was uh, uh, an advocate of the middle way right. so any excess would have uh, not been right. not been copacetic with Siddhartha right. it's it's really sound philosophy if you dig into it the four noble truths there's some really yeah. very very wise words right. in that whole thing yeah. but I enjoy all kinds of ancient philosophy like sure. I dig into the Anunnaki stuff whether or not they were aliens, I think they were just different hominids that were interbreeding. Sure. That's kind of where my theory's at on that. Right. I don't know if you want to dig into all that history stuff. I love it. I mean, there are aliens, obviously. I mean, you can't. Right. You can't say that the whole galaxy is completely empty. That's oh. Stupid. Yeah, I just. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't see them as necessary to right. human the the human history. But sure, you know Moore's law or right. what? What? Which one is it that says? Sure. There's so many, so many planets. I mean, it's just basic mathematics. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you see life popping up in the unlikely circumstances here on Earth. So you can't say that it's never going to happen anywhere else. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because there, you know, because there are trillions of planets out there, and to say there's not, I mean, at least like a blade of gla- grass or a bacteria or any of them, every one of them is completely sterile. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. I've. I heard uh, someone saying earlier today that the is the study into RNA, ribonucleic acid, mm-hmm. uh, that you just couldn't have evolved that in the four billion years that the planet's been here. Right. Like, and there, there's research that's sure. backing that up. Of course, that raises another good point. There's research backing up everything these yeah, days. There is, yeah. And. But yeah, there is there that. is evidence of things hopping from one planet to another. Yeah, panspermia. Yeah. And more and more. The octopus, for example, those are aliens. <laughs> they were the first intelligent creatures on Earth, and their DNA is completely unlike anything else. They can change their DNA. Right. So that's, you know, you never know whether they they originally came on a rock from somewhere else or a meteor landed with some octopus jism on it and sort of, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Octopus flinging <laughs> octopus DNA across the galaxy. And the things like <clears throat> that's the, where the flying spaghetti monster came from. <laughs> oh yeah. And the things like the tardigrade, we've already shown that they can survive in space. You know, they go into hibernation. Yeah. And even if you expose them to the vacuum of space, they can still come back from it. So it's certainly possible. And so there, there you have your little DNA right. vessel across space and time yeah. and if you go far enough back I saw a recent genetic analysis that says we go all the way back to fungi 
yeah. that, that everything is related, or almost everything, is descended from fungi. They're from the primordial soup. Yeah. Which makes sense. I like the idea that we're just this conscious meat suit that's carrying around fungi that's way smarter than us and been around yeah. way longer there than us. There are more bacterial cells in your body than there are human cells. Mm-hmm. By at least by about 10 to 1. Yeah, orders of magnitude yeah. for sure. More, Which is mind-blowing! Because you think yourself as human, but you're only like 10% human. <laughs> Most you're people 90% bacteria. 90% bacteria. You're yeah. more not you than you are you. Yeah. So whose dreams are they that you're having? That's that's a fun question. <laughs> whose dreams are they? And then when you look into all the dietary problems that fast food causes, yeah. you know, from Monsanto and these people genetically modifying food, yeah. whose dreams are you having? Are you having your guts bacteria dreams? Or are you having... <laughs> Monsanto's dreams. Right. Creepy. Creepy, creepy. So is there anything that you believe in that you know that the vast majority of the rest of the world doesn't believe in? Or vice versa, the vast majority of the world does believe that you don't believe? Is there anything like you're in the minority in, you think? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Reincarnation? Oh, yeah? believe in reincarnation i don't think that's a minority though a lot of people do but how do you account for the world population going up if it's just the same souls coming back all the time um because self doesn't exist the way it does in meat suits the way that it does in energy because that gets into the energy of we are all one right so you can subdivide consciousness as much as you want but consciousness exists as a singularity so it can come back in different time different people at the same time right? yeah yeah and it, it's much less of a oh, okay so here's one that that science is in the process of evolving uh, field theory yeah uh, I think that we are in a transition from the single point physics theory being the the way that we perceive right. reality to the fact that we are getting more into the physics of we're all one sure which is field theory right so I don't know if that's a minority yet but that's uh, that's one I believe in. So you think physics is going to catch up with spirit spirituality? It yeah, sooner or later it has to, um, because it's we have as as little monkey critters. Yeah. I think we have just come up with ingenious, creative, cute little ways to bypass right. nature and shortcut nature, but the ancient versions of humanity yeah. that didn't have toys. And just had themselves figure that shit out a long time ago. And so we've gotten good at being specialists, but human beings a long time ago were good at being... Generalists. Yeah. And uh, and with that came the difference that artificial intelligence is struggling to overcome now, is these... We have programmed artificial intelligence to be narrowly intelligent, but we have not programmed it to be generally intelligent. And once it makes that leap, it's going to put us all to shame and redefine what enlightenment is. It's going to start programming itself, Yeah, and then that'll make the leap. Yeah. So I guess if there's anything that I believe that is not the norm is that what the norm considers to be historically accurate is just fucking wrong <laughs> across the board <laughs> yeah most of history is made up yeah and so i think that would be the blanket version of all of the things that i've come to learn it's not like i came up with any of that shit right. i've just nothing's original you just right 
I've repackaged it from my perspective. For sure. That's all you can ever do. Mm-hmm. And I've, I think I've done a pretty good good job flavoring my version of the soup. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, I, you know, I didn't invent carrots. I didn't <laughs> invent onions. <laughs> nice. Just, uh, just working on making a, a tasty stew. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do, man. Yeah, so he can do. I wonder why this guy's married to to this fan. He's, uh, it's just, oh, that's a different guy. The guy in front in front of us being in and out and yeah. back and forth to his van is creeping me out. Uh, how about you? Uh, where where are you, the outlier? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Pretty much everything. I'm kind of in, into the whole, uh, I mean, the mathematical odds of this being a simulation. Cool. Like El- Elton Musk thinks it's billions and billions to one against this being real. I mean, the chances of this being real are astronomically mm-hmm. ridiculous. You may as well just accept that this has been real. So, but then that raises questions of processing power. Right. Like, how how deep down that rabbit hole do you like to go? Or have you gone? Because <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the all kinds of questions around that. Sure. I could toss them at you if you want. <laughs> right, processing power? I mean, how, how much processing power do you need? You just add it on. Like, if we ever did, you know, leave the galaxy, I'm sure there'd be some downloadable content that they would, <laughs> on sure. the server, would expand in that direction. Yeah, that makes sense. And stuff like the... Uh, you know the Nelson Mandela problem? You know that? The Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Yeah. That's just, you know, like simulations being merged just to save space, right? It's just a glitch. Yeah, I mean, because they're running so many different simulations. And then eventually, if they haven't got enough subscribers in one, they're just going to merge it into another one. Uh-huh. It's not going to be 100%. There's going to be a few glitches. But they're just going to say, well, fuck it. If they do this, they're going to do anything about it, right? So, universe is a simulation. Uh... And then inject that into the multiverse. Well, the multiverse is just... I mean, you wouldn't just have one simulation. Sure. You'd but have, the foam of the multiverse. It's just different. You know, you'd have the same server running different programs. Makes sense. I, um... I don't disagree with the simulation theory in a lot of ways. What I do is... My version is more synthetic mm-hmm. in that... There, there is no real difference between hardware and wetware. Yeah. So if you strove to create a simulation right. that was self-sufficient, how would you do it? You would do it out of wetware that could replicate and reproduce itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, there is no reality that yeah, is not simulation. It's going to be real, yeah. Yeah, it'll seem real, but there is no reality that is that is not simulation. Right. Sim- that- I mean, there are a lot of people in this world, very rich and powerful people, who, who do believe that, and they are actively working on breaking reality. Yeah, which would be pretty pretty funny if they figured out how to do it. <laughs> I, uh, that would be like, I mean, if you could combine all of the world's resources into one project, that would be the one you could prove, choose. I mean, not like solving hunger or cleaning up pollution or anything. <laughs> I mean, cracking that, reality. Cracking reality would solve all the other problems, right? It would. It would. Because then you would you would know exactly what kind of energy you had to redirect. Sure. It's, just, it's probably and then you'll find you just. I mean, God is just some asshole in a lab. Asshole in his mum's ba- mother's basement. 
Odds are. Odds are God is human. And not a very nice human at that. If we look at the way that it rolls out, unfortunately, unfortunately, the numbers bear that out. I mean, mathematically, the odds of it being real are just astronomical. I mean, yeah. You, you, you can pretty much negate the fact that it's real. I mean, it's just so, I'm, I'm, you know, ridiculously, you know. So is that an argument for chaos theory? I guess you could say it is, yeah. I don't know, I feel like you just drug me into a Rick and Morty episode. (laughs) (laughs) Rick and Morty are awesome. They are? Did you hear they got signed for like 70 more episodes? 70? Yeah, I did a double take when I heard that. I said, seven? Seven seasons? Seven? Seven? Seventy? Seventy episodes? Seventy episodes. That's awesome. More than, yeah, way out there. Which is, uh, is kind of funny because I think... That was the plan all along, was to do a hundred episodes. Because in the beginning, they make a reference to it. Anyway, Rick and Morty's a great show. Looking forward to it. It is. Really looking forward to it. I think it's going to end up with it being revealed that Rick is Morty from the future. (laughs) Right? He's teaching himself. Right? Because he shows up in his kids, in his past, in order to solve some problem. I think that's, what, that's how it's going to end. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Well, because it has to re- it has to be selfish. Yeah, it does. For, yeah. It, for it to be... And, you know, you remember, like, sometimes he, when he went back and he was imagining his past, he used to say things like, oh, yeah, I wore blue pants then, and that's it was the same color pants that Morty wears. You know? Oh, hell yeah. Shit like that that would be dropping in. Yeah. yeah. That's... See, I haven't been watching it long enough, but I'm <laughs> finally awesome. finally getting into it. It is a great show. It is. What other TV shows do you like? Uh, one of my favorites that I don't watch anymore is Boston Legal. Oh, really? I've never seen them. Yeah, way back in the day. It was uh, Bill Shatner, uh, William Shatner, and uh, James Oh, right. Spader I did see some of that. Yeah, Shatner was awesome in that. Yeah, he used to... We had this big law firm in New right. York and talked about how I had Mad Cow and we sure. just do crazy shit. Yeah, Shatner was off the wall in that movie. It was really good. Yeah, I do remember that now. It was yeah, really I saw good. Some of that. It was really good. Uh, outside of that, I watch a ton of just informative documentaries and yeah. lectures and. I try to do all kinds of crazy I stuff. I try to watch as many documentaries as I can. I love the Planet Earth stuff. Werner Herzog, like I've, I watch all of Werner Herzog's stuff on a loop. Yeah. Just because I can't figure out if he's a comedian oh, he or a documentarian. Right. right. <laughs> Take notes out of his notebook all day. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have cable, so I'm, I'm mostly uh, Netflix and Hulu and YouTube right now, which works out really sure. well for me. Yeah, that's the way to go. Cutting the cord. Yeah. Yeah, cables are losing a lot of subscribers for their TV. I mean, they're obviously selling their internet cable, but uh, the actual TV side is going down good the boob tube right I uh yeah staring at screens it drives me insane I don't know how much you have to do for for any of the comedy social media stuff but just making flyers and staring at the computer screen crosses my eyes after a while stupid can't fucking do it 
absolutely insane. But the holographic universe, going back to the simulation, did you read, I can't remember the author's name, but do you remember the, that, that book, Holographic Universe? It came out in the 90s. I, I want to say David Icke, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I don't think it was Icke. No, Icke's he's really a, out there. a different thing. Yeah. He thinks that the turquoise is intelligent or something like that. Really, I haven't he heard that, that one yet. That's the, awesome. the moon's not real. All kinds of shit. I've heard this. I've heard some of the stories about the moon not being real, and I have questions. Like the the whole measurements of the moon ringing. Yeah. Whether they, it's real or not, that's fascinating. Yeah, when they landed, it made a, like a drone. Yeah, like a, like a, couple, a, it's a couple of occasions yeah, that it hollow. resonated. Yeah, I uh, think it's hollow. He thinks it's an alien spaceship. Was. <laughs> I don't know about the whole alien spaceship, but I'd be okay with there, there being a moon base on the dark side of the moon. Right. I mean, the moon is larger than it really needs to be. It's larger in comparison to our planet than all the other planets' moons, right? Yeah. Jupiter's got a ton of planets, but they're all tiny compared to it. Whereas ours, compared to our planet, is massive. And that's been had a huge effect. I mean, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the moon. Correct. I mean, because the moon created the tides... And that gave us that wet, dry, Seasons. wet, dry thing, which mm. enabled us to come out of the out of the sea in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't be here without without a moon of that size, which kind of you know makes you think you know was it put there just to bring us here you know whatever or straight up Battlestar Galactica, it was that the spaceship the spaceship <laughs> moon that brought people to the spaceship right. Earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well. I was listening to somebody, I don't know if you're familiar with Nick Pope, but um, the name. Nick Pope was the defense minister for Canada for a long time. Oh, yeah. And came out, and he's like the the highest ranking, you know, deepest in official, elected official. I think he was elected. Yeah. Uh, that gets into, he flat out says there are five different alien races right. on, on the planet, and they get into some deep stuff about what's going on with Disclosure Project and... Uh, Doctor Doctor Green, I think, is his name. Nice. It's yeah. There's a documentary called Undisclosed, where they go through and they get something like 200 military people to, to talk about. And there was this big news conference back in 2004 or something like that. Uh, it's a it's a big deal um, because if not, you've got the Fermi paradox, which is if yeah. there's all this alien life, why don't why hadn't it contacted us? Right, but we are really at the beginning of the universe. I mean, we're very. What's it like? Eighteen billion years old, something like that. Uh, Thirteen point five, something like that. Yeah, and it's going to last. I mean, if you if entropy stays steady, it's going to last like a hundred trillion years. So we're like point oh one percent, right? Yeah, if you look at all the red dwarf stars and all that, because yes, 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 yes. So if you, if you, if we you, are if towards you, the beginning and not the end. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we like ridiculously, we were in like the first half of 1% of the universe's lifestyle, lifespan. So most of the alien, uh, I mean, most of the alien civilizations that will eventually come along, their planets haven't even formed yet. We are ridiculously early to the party. So think that, so. like, I haven't thought about it like that. And, you know, when we do find other aliens, you know, I mean, if we do last until the end, it's going to be us. We could be the only ones who have witnessed the, the beginning up the, up close. I mean, this close to the beginning. So you think we're the first? Well, we, we, we're one of the first. We're in the top. 
<laughs> the top one percent, at yeah, least. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if you think of the the universe are like thirteen billion. Yeah. Th- yeah. There you out go. of a hundred trillion, I mean, that you yeah. The math. I mean, Obviously. I mean, it's in the first half of one percent. You know. So that's why we keep screwing it up so bad. <laughs> We're just fucking babies. Learning well, we are, to crawl. Yeah, we are babies, but that—I mean—that would explain why we, we haven't been contacted. Most of them haven't even evolved yet. Most of them haven't even their planets haven't even formed yet. Most of the planets that are going to be haven't even aren't even there yet. I mean, never mind the life that's going to come on those planets. And then think of all the trillions of planets there are already. Right. right. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the math is overwhelming. And then, and then here we are. Just swirling around, and the the analogy of there's a galaxy inside a marble, and the marble's inside a bag, just like in MIB, is yeah. completely like we've, we've pretty much proven that. Yeah. I mean, we've pretty much proven that that that's a simulation too. Sure. And so, how and what we are is yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who cares? The only thing that's real are dick jokes. Man. Now I kind of regret quitting drinking. <laughs> you quit drinking? Nah, I just took a vacation. That's a bad move. I've I've had a had a couple. Well, I had hadn't taken a year off since I started drinking, and that had been two decades. And I was like, okay, maybe let's find out what sobriety feels like. Yeah. It's I didn't do. I didn't stop anything else. Just alcohol. No. Oh, okay. And cigarettes eventually, but that was right. that was a must. Cigarettes are a bad attribute health. Those those are rough. Those are rough. I've had a few drinks uh, since then, but I went a whole year with none, uh, which was which was good. It was a good experiment. I um, have a much greater appreciation for the effect of alcohol now, like how yeah. effective a drug it is. Because right. woohoo! If you're not paying attention, it'll get you. Like I yeah. got real good. I had a good autopilot, so I was well trained. Did I had a lot of practice. And uh, came out reasonably unscathed, but then after taking some time away from it and looking back, it's like, God damn, I was lucky. Like you want to talk about being in the one, the nth percentile? Woohoo! <laughs> nice. Got lucky for sure. Nice. Yeah. Don't knock on wood. I don't mean to brag. Just fucking lucky. Good stuff. We need to go get this open mic started. Oh yeah, I guess we did. Right. Before I get back into the uh, into the simulation, well, dude, Governor, thank you so much for joining me. This has yeah, been no awesome, no Brenda. Problem. Thanks for hanging out, and listening to us chat. I feel like Penny from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> so, until then, uh, Facebook, thanks for joining us. YouTube, uh, we'll see y'all later. Until next time, truth, love, and peace. Yeah, baby.